Hey everybody, welcome to the SWP as we close out another podcast week. Thanks so much for being with us. And of course, it's brought to you by Jim K. Ford and All Insurance Ontario. With dozens of huge insurance companies fighting for your business, rates are incredibly competitive. That means you're better off selecting on fit rather than premiums, since they're all pretty close. Are you a client with a boat and a cottage or rentals and investments? Let's work together to find the right fit for you. Text 8606008, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your passion for driving at Jim K. Ford. Check out all the latest innovations in the hottest vehicles like the Ford Bronco, Mustang, Maverick, F-150, and more. And for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will absolutely say yes to bringing a vehicle to your home or place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Oh my God, there's so much to talk about today. We are crammed with subject matter today here on the SWP. It's Steve along with Jimmy. Tales of Ottawa sports and whatever. We're so glad you're with us. We hope you enjoy the show right out of the gate. I think we need to do a Patreon membership. Haven't done one in a while. To the legends, Bill Grease, Bruce Phillips, Henry Backer, Jimmy Fatta, Michael Pearson, G-Money, Marcus Von Boltenstern, Mike Ennis, Pierce Barnes, and Steve Davis. Thanks to all of you guys and everybody who is a member of the show. And you want to be a member of the show? Get a shout out just like that. Just check out stevewproject.com. Mm-hmm. James, how are you today? Yeah, Stevie, uh, you and I exchange headlines. We use our various news applications each and every day to go over what we're going to talk about. Always lively, always robust, Stevie. What What is there? Eh, maybe not so much today. Maybe not I think so it's much. a lot of good, a lot of good, not a lot of yeah. stuff that we're digging our teeth in and doing, going, oh, this is juicy, baby. Yeah, right. So yeah. We're lacking juice. Yeah, usually it's like, okay, we've got to pick just three of these stories out of the five or six. So uh, let me, for the good listener, let me run down the list. Okay, Masoli. Mazzoli there might might join the Red Blacks. You know, yeah, it looks like it's a done deal. Looks looks like it, uh, that's big right. news for Red Blacks fans. Okay, there we go. That's done. Um, international roster Chinese men's Olympic hockey team might uh, they're going to play. Okay, uh, the Chinese president declares the the Beijing Olympic Winter Games open. Yeah, okay, uh, Chris Nyland loses his job in radio. That's a good good one after vaccine refusal. Bunch of that happening. Uh, police are getting involved more in the Freedom Convoy. Yellowstone renews another season. Peter Shirelli uh, looking at the Blackhawks job. I would say there's some good stories in there. It, it's all about presentation. If we're excited about it, the world's excited about it. I don't know. The convoy thing is huge because it's not just an Ottawa story. Like not The whole nation's looking at it. The world's looking at it right now. It mm-hmm. seems like and everybody's doing a copycat thing around the world. Not everybody, but there's a lot of these convoys happening in other parts of the planet. And everybody's keeping an eye on it. Like, this is the big revolution, I guess, that uh, those who do not like the vaccine mandates, they've had enough of it. Are we going to continue mm-hmm. this forever? Uh, it can't. It must end. And so the public, at least a small percentage of it, is uh, taking matters into their own hands. And it's an Ottawa police, like you said. This weekend, as we begin a second week of this thing, 
They're putting 150 more officers into the affected neighborhoods downtown to make sure there's no unlawful behavior connected to the whole, which they're they're calling it occupation now, by the way, the ongoing occupation as they protest COVID-19 mandates. And actually, I talked to a guy, and I won't even say who it is, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's irrelevant. It's relevant, and and he, he said he'd be shocked if this thing was over by the end of the month. Really? Yeah. You know, here here's the thing about it, I guess, Stevie, uh, which um, kind of irks me about the protest when you are when you are harming people who don't take your side, okay? Uh, who who are who are pro vaxxers. Uh, so I that bothers me, okay? That that if these people live down around or work down around where the protesters are, uh, where the blockade is now. We've heard, you know, I, I read this morning, Steve, they're looking at another thousand people who are anti-protesters who are coming in. So so I've never liked that. I've never liked that. You know, people aren't going to be able to get to work. Unfortunately for the protesters, you know, we've been living with people not able to go to work for two years now. Right? There's, there's yeah. And everyone's adapted because of the pandemic. And many, many, many people work from home. Still is. A friend of mine works at the university here, and, and there's usually, I don't know, a couple hundred people in, in, in the offices where they work, and there's 10 or something. Everyone's working from home. Everyone's working from home. So, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen here, protesters. People are going to be able to keep working because they have been over the last couple, couple of years. So, um, what, you know, what's the, end, what's the end game here, Stevie? What's... I guess I know what the end game is, but what's going to be the end result? You were saying they're building permanent structures or something now downtown. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen one of those nanny suites or she sheds, it's basically they're, ma- they're, they're erecting these. They're out there with their drills. They're making these permanent structures, which would suggest strongly that they're not planning to go away anytime soon unless they get some serious news coming down from Parliament Hill. And, of course, I, I, I don't see that happening. So I, I don't know when... I don't know when COVID-19 is going to be over, and I don't know when this freaking protest is going to be over, to be right. honest. Right. It's hard I to still see think you can't, you can't hold the government hostage. You can't take the government hostage because, it, I've said all week, you're going to open up a can of worms then about every issue that you don't agree with. Right. If the government said, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're going to uh, um, acquiesce you know, to your, your concerns, and uh, therefore, you you guys win. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't like that, Stevie, because you're staring anarchy down the barrel, yeah. man. So. Yeah, I agree with you. And then, and then you've got this group that's framing this thing as they're freedom fighters. Well, ask anybody living in downtown Ottawa right now how free they feel. They just feel like these people calling themselves freedom fighters have fully removed their freedoms. So it sucks for them big time. I'm in Manitic, so I'm well away from it but I'm still finding myself really irritated to see my fellow Ottawans uh, treated in this manner. So um, I hope it ends soon, but I'm not very optimistic, I got to say. It's all about the vaccines, of course, and Chris Nyland in the news on that front. He, he's lost his job. He was with TSN 690 in Montreal, and he got fired today. He is fired by the same guy who fired you and me, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we've got that. That guy never with- goes away. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, anyway, this guy's the head of the fire department, Stevie. Yeah. 
He's the chief <laughs> of the fire department. <laughs> uh, this is the note that he sent out to his listeners on TSN 690. Some of you may have heard Bell Media has terminated my contract as host of Off the Cuff. Of course, Chris Nyland for many years was the popular enforcer, Knuckles Nyland, of the Montreal mm-hmm. Canadiens. And he says in the letter, I want each of you to learn the true story of this unfair action by Bell Media directly from me. Over 10 years ago, my wife and I moved to Montreal to begin a second career as a talk show host. I've spoken with thousands of you during the past years about all sorts of sports. Late last year, Bell Media ordered me to take the COVID-19 vaccine. After consulting with my doctor and based upon medical conditions, I've decided not to take the shot. I sought a medical exemption and was denied. I'm not really clear, Jimmy, on whether he sought that exemption from his doctor or from Bell Media and their people. Anyway, right. this week he received a letter from Richard Gray, Regional General Manager, Radio and TV, Eastern Region of Bell Media, informing me Bell is terminating my contract effective immediately. Richard's just giving out letters now, I guess. Anyway, yeah. uh, I want to thank all my loyal listeners, greatest fans in hockey, for all your support and friendship over these many years. And I put that on Twitter, and a lot of people had feedback on it, Jimmy. Some of them to the, that's not fit, that's not right. And then other people saying, well, this just in, you need to take your vaccines. It's not the, it's not the only business in the world that is demanding their employees get vaccinated. What do you think? Right. Well, you know, it's not a perfect world with this thing, obviously. I think the government's trying to do their best. I, right. I really do, Steve. I, I don't, I don't agree with these people who are theorists that that the government is has got a, you know, any anything other than, you know, a motive here to try and get through this bloody thing. You know, they're they're, they're not doing it to go. Here we go. Here's a chance for us to, you know, to to make tons of money. To I, I don't know. Like it's it's just not the case for me. I don't see it. So. Um, I think they're trying their best. I, I, I think it's, you know, it's very troublesome what's going on with COVID and yeah. the pandemic and what's going to happen. Uh, you, you're probably like me and probably like a lot of people. Um, there's been some relief. Uh, I can speak for myself. Some stress relief, Stevie, because I was very stressed out about it. There has been some stress relief for me with this Omicron that, or Omicron, whatever they're calling it. Okay. Um, that it's not it's not taken as as far as I can see as far as I'm I'm being informed about it's not taking people down as much as the Delta or the original uh, um, variant you know so that's that's kind of a you know kind of a wipe the sweat off the brow going okay you know we, we seem to be seem to be getting somewhere with this um, and and I think uh, you know these protesters that's what they got to think of you know. Like, like, what's gonna, what, you know, what's what's gonna happen when these vaccinations, uh, you know, where everyone's fully vaccinated and are not getting, um, are not getting the the, uh, what do you call it? Not getting COVID. Not getting the, the bug virus. The virus. Yeah, who, who are not getting the virus? You know, um, the other thing, Stevie, you and I talking off air is, you know, totally interesting. When I, I was just mentioning that. You know, this just in protesters. You think you're, you know, you're trying to make a stand here that you're going to shut down the businesses around where your blockade is so people can't get there. Well, well, people haven't been getting to work for two years, Steve. They've been working from home. And that option uh, would have been an obvious one for Nylon, right? Yeah, yeah. That like was, you, uh... you and I, I've been working from home for, I don't know, 
20 years. <laughs> well, you even know, in terrestrial radio, you did it yeah. at least a couple of years from your basement when we were back at the studio in Ottawa. So you could certainly accommodate Chris Nyland if that's how he felt. You know, I always, I always equate this thing, Steve, to if you had poison ivy, okay? And uh, you've, you've, you've contacted or contracted, you know, poison ivy. It's, it, there's, there's a, you know, very, uh, um, it's apparent, okay? You got, you got a rash that's growing all over your body. And if your work said, look, at you, you can't come into work, okay, until you get that thing straightened out. Right. Okay, because, because it's contagious. You know, it, it can go, it can go viral, right? So uh, you're going to have to stay home, and and anyone would would respect that, and stay home, right? Um, e- even you know, e- according to Nyland, right? It's like, well, the doctor, I can't take the, I can't take the, um, uh, the vaccine, no problem. Then you can't come to work, you know. Right. I can't take anything to treat my poison ivy because it may affect my heart. Okay, we understand that. Well, then you just can't come to work, right? If, you know, you're not talking about someone's rights or freedoms there. You're talking about the right, the smart thing to do. And, and that's how I look at this with the vaccine. That's how I look at it. So I'm, I'm sorry, Chris, that, um, you know, you're not, you're not ready to take the vaccine, according to your doctor, that maybe you shouldn't, or the, that the side effects are maybe different from you because you've got, uh, you know, other issues health-wise. Um, but under these circumstances, the, the place we're at right now is you're not coming to work. Right. You know, you're not coming to work unless you get the vaccine, unless you get the vaccine. And he says, well, I can't. It might affect my health. Well, I guess they got no choice, Steve. I guess they have no choice. With all this COVID stuff, whether it's uh, trucker convoys or the restrictions everybody's dealing with, there is the distraction of the Winter Olympics, which are now officially underway. We're recording here on Friday, and the opening ceremonies were held this morning. And uh, there was Canada, all with masks on as they walked into the stadium. Man, do they look well-dressed. Like, they, like in terms of dressing for the uh, temperature, they look like they're going to the North Pole Winter Olympics. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot I of clothes they have on. That's a lot of layers right there. They must have been piping hot walking into the stadium. Well, I just saw a quick picture of it. So, right. Um, anyway, underway, right? Olympics. Yep. We got. We do have a good distraction. So, yep. Um, what are you What are you going to watch? What Certainly you- hockey. Men don't get going until next week. The ladies are already underway. Beyond that, it's whatever I flick on. If something grabs me, I, I'll be honest, and I won't name names as far as sports go. When I see certain sports, it's click for me. Well, I'm I'm interested in the story about the the Chinese hockey team. Uh, you know, we mentioned at the top, the first time they're going to be in the Olympics. I was reading a, a piece, Steve, where they were perhaps not going to be allowed. It was back in November, uh, on the 25th of November, where um, they maybe weren't going to be allowed, Steve. And I'm assuming that's because 7, 8, 9, 10, or 11 of the guys are Canadian. Uh, well, transplants. The biggest or- reason they were talking about it was that they thought they'd be so terrible and it would be so embarrassing for China that it might not be a good idea for them to compete. Oh, okay. Like they're they're okay. in Canada's division, right? So Canada's going to get them. It's not an all NHL team, obviously, but it's still going to be considerably superior. But it's not like these are there. There are almost no Chinese players on the team. There's 11 Canadians, seven Americans, one Russian, and six homegrown players so it is yeah. 
probably a better team than people would immediately think at first blush. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm of the opinion, Steve, that unless you reach, I don't know how you can do it in hockey, but um, you know, in other sports, in other events at the Olympics, there can be a minimum qualifier to get in. You know, I think back to the the the, the reason that came along was Eddie the Eagle in the 1988 Olympics in Calgary. You know, he's from England and was a was a a, a jumper, right? right, ski jumper, and he was terrible. Right, he was terrible, but but he 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 found a loophole there, Stewie. No, no one's entering from England, right? Because because uh, we're just not very good at ski jumping, right? So uh, I don't have to go against Maddie Neekin in here, Steve. Oh, Jimmy, nice name, <laughs> buddy. Nice name. Okay, Horse um, Bulow. Yeah, Horse Bulow for sure. Um, so I, I get what they did. Say, okay, look at the, this. Does become sort of farcical uh, that. I, you know, I can move to some country where where they have no facility for, uh, you know, I don't know, snowboarding or something, and and so I'm going to enter the snowboarding thing. Yeah, but you're from you're you're from Nigeria, man. There's no snow there. Right? <laughs> How are you going to do this? You know, so I think I read um, there was a Jamaican bobsled team back at this. Uh, sure, at this there was, Olympics. of course. No, yeah, but there is this year too. It wasn't just yes, a, yes, there a, is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, the one thing I would like to see would be. Instead of the Jamaican bobsled team, or instead of Eddie the Eagle, just take a powerhouse nation and one guy who missed qualifying by half a second or whatever it is, you know, let them put another team in or something. And I, w- I would wonder if it, you know, I think about it for Canadian hockey as well. To me, the mark of excellence as a hockey nation isn't necessarily that you win gold at a very short tournament. I think the true because we always have these summits anytime Canada doesn't win gold at an Olympics or or a world championship or whatever it is, everybody gets freaked out about it. But one thing I'll always put stock in, I'll really hang my hat on this, is that I think that pretty much every year for the last 50 years, Canada could put the, the biggest number of teams capable of winning a gold medal. The sheer depth of talent that Canada has in hockey is off the charts. An interesting problem, right? It's an interesting problem. Should China be allowed to, you know, they're going to get waxed. Should they be allowed to play in the Olympics? Because probably the, you know, the guiding factor in the end probably was, okay, guys going, okay, I'll go with the host nation thing. Okay, okay, I'll go with the host nation thing. It's like the Memorial Cup, right? It's kind of weird. But if yeah. you're if you're hosting it in your city, you get you get in, you know. Um, should they be should they be allowed if, you know, uh, I don't think so. Not at the Olympics. Not at the Olympics, you know. If we want to profile hockey, uh, you know, that maybe they go in lesser known tournaments. Maybe they go in the Spangler Cup, Stevie. Maybe they do, do an exhibition, you know, to, to increase the profile. Yeah. You know, look at, look at uh, curling, Stevie. They're, they're right into this same conundrum, okay, with the, with the Briar and the Scotties, the men's and the women's national championships. The way it is now, Stevie, is each province gets to send someone, okay? Well, well, six or seven of them, Steve, out of the 10, 11, 12, or 14, have no shot, Stevie. Right. They got no shot. Typically, Yukon and none of it and Northwest Territories. No chance, Steve. Okay? As a matter of fact, I was looking today. I, th- I don't think either one of them have won a game between them. Okay? Yeah. The Scotties is on right now. And, and you bring up a very interesting point that Manitoba, for example, uh, has five or six teams, Stevie, five or six teams that have a shot at winning it. Not just, not just competing, but have a shot at winning it. Of course. But they're not allowed to compete. 
you know, because it's only one. So they got to get rid of that, right? They, they, they've got to get rid of that. And maybe when it does come to hockey, um, you know, that may, maybe are allowed to put in two or three teams, just, just like a, you know, track and field event, Stevie, right? We got representation from, you know, we got three Canadians, the, um, you know, freestyle events, right, that are happening, right? You can, you can pump in three or four Canadians, you know, if, if, you, if you reach the minimum qualifier. So um, the curling rules are that, odd when it comes to provinces. I think about the teams, like, the, the makeup of the team that allows you to compete for a certain province. What is it, like one of the four players? One of the four members of the rink? has to be from that province for you to compete for that province, which seems a little, I don't know what the exact ratio is, but I know it, it gets a little weird when you think about the Rachel Holman rink, right? Uh, is that, I think, I think only Emma Miskew. Here. <laughs> yeah. I think only Emma Miskew is on, on, on Ontario now, as far as a resident goes. So it's all kind of interesting the way it all plays out. Yeah. Um, you got, you just get rid of it. Just get rid of the, you know, provincial boundaries and get rid of And maybe get rid of the, the idea going forward that, you can only have one team representing your country in an event, right. right? Like, don't don't blame us, Stevie. To your point, don't blame us if we've got a hundred guys who could make up four different teams who are really good. They deserve to p- compete in the Olympics, you know, or, yeah. or or we do, right? So it would be it would be a weird scenario because it would really muck with the tradition of the briar. But I think I'd be prepared to live with that. Yeah. Uh, but your, your thought about removing provincial boundaries, I think, is a good one. Um, just, just assemble Same the best scenario, teams. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and by the way, Rachel Holman and John Morris, they lost their opener, but they've peeled off three straight wins since then. So they're looking very good in mixed doubles early on in Beijing. We shall take a time out on the program. When we come back, we'll get you a little uh, quick updates on what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks GM role. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Also, we'll get into... Uh, it was one of the things... Oh, yeah, Jeremiah Masoli is going to be the quarterback of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Touch on that, too. And the nine scariest Winter Olympic events coming up after these words. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford has been serving Ottawa since 1982, one of the longest-running dealerships in the entire city. They've always been family-owned and operated. Their amazing team of professionals from sales to service is constantly training and improving to provide you with the best possible customer experience. And, of course, they're always ready to say yes. Check out JimKFord.com or visit them today at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. The average price of an Ottawa residential home these days is around three quarters of a million dollars. It's a lot of money. And if you're curious to know what your home is worth in a very hot market like this, you should call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today for a free no-obligation estimate. You'll be surprised to learn what you can get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. So call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. All right, so it looks like Jeremiah Masoli is staying in Ontario. The eight-year Hamilton Tiger Cats. Looks like he's going to follow Ottawa's new GM, Sean Burke. Burke came over from the Ticats front office to become the new GM, replacing Marcel Desjardins. And not that long after, it looks like, according to Dave Naylor from TSN, 
Jeremiah, Jeremiah Masoli is going to sign on with the Red Blacks for a smooth $450,000. How's it going, nice. Jeremiah Masoli? That's some good dough by CFL standards. And Dave Naylor saying uh, that he believes it was important for the Red Blacks to get Jeremiah Masoli committed before the end of the legal tampering period so that they can use his addition to recruit other talent around him. And that job becomes a lot easier now as opposed to having untested rookie guys at the quarterback position. Now you've got an eight-year CFL veteran who is recently an all-star, 33 years of age. So I would rather, if I'm a CFL free agent, go and play with that guy under center than right. who the Ottawa Red Blacks might have had under center. And that might include the likes of Brandon Banks, who has been one of the best receivers, returners the CFL has had over the last decade. So lots of possibilities there. Right. And of course, football, Stevie. Uh, I'll be Colombo here to fill you in. All right, sir. Some very important information about football. It starts and ends with your quarterback. Yeah. It's okay. always fascinating. And all through the middle and in between, Steve, is all about your quarterback. <laughs> Certainly the CFL is very much cognizant of that because it seems like there's an ongoing carousel. If you've established yourself as someone who's good at CFL football as a quarterback, um, you're going to have a job for a while. You Big might news, though, Stevie. Big news oh, if you're Ottawa. Right? Wake yeah. up this morning, right? This is a team that had three wins each of the last two years, so they want to get back to where they were. It was just 2016 where the Red Blacks won the Grey Cup. By the way, beat the Ticats a couple of times in the playoffs en route mm -hmm. to uh, getting there. And so that was, yeah, it was Jeremiah Masoli, the Ticats. Second and 25, the big famous play, Henry Burris to Greg Ellingson in the Eastern Final. That was a, I remember that, yes. a pretty exciting play. Anyway, um, Masoli now uh, can't beat him, join him. So he's joining the Ottawa Red Blacks by the look of it. Looks like Peter Shirelli, good Barhaven boy there, is in the mix for the Chicago Blackhawks GM position. Um, although if we ask the Hawks about it, they'll probably say, um, you know, that's none of your business. You oh, should move stop. on to the next topic. No, I can't. By, by the way, Stevie, uh, yesterday my take was the Wirtz family had done enough uh, to empower men going forward, and uh, I got slaughtered, Stevie. Oh, did slaughtered you? Slaughtered with my take. Yes. Yes, oh, I did. I didn't People see People listen to your show. Uh, yeah, came at me going, worst take ever, Jim. Well, we've done 700 shows. We've all had, we've all had glitchy takes. Not that that Oh, one. it no. didn't bother me, Steve. I dig it. I dig in, you know, failure is not falling down. Steve, failure is not getting up again, my friend. Nice. Okay. Nice. I, anyway, I, I interrupted. Yeah, Shirelli. Yeah. Yeah, of course, he had, uh, he had a rough go of it in Edmonton, as you may have noticed, and uh, was eventually fired from that position. There were some su suspect drafts. Uh, there were some suspect trades, and he was relieved of his duties. But he did win a, a Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins back in 2011 as their GM. Of course, he got his mm -hmm. start here as an assistant GM under John Muckler back with the Ottawa Senators, and he is a local guy, and I've crossed paths with him a number of times. So I do cheer for the guy. You know, I understand people who are, if you're a Chicago fan and you look at the Edmonton situation, you might be skeptical and say, whoa, whoa, whoa hey, hey, put the brakes on there. I'm just talking from a, you know, a likable sort of a guy I'd like to see him get another opportunity, and maybe he's learned from the experience in Edmonton. Yeah, and listen, you know, just because a guy had a bad experience in Edmonton, uh, you know, was it is it really the GM's fault? Is it really, you know, 
you know, drafting players, Stevie, okay, it's not, it's not an exact science, okay? So, but the reality is, right, if, if, if they don't turn out, uh, you're going to be on the chopping block all the time. Um, so can Shirelli do something with another team? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree completely. But we'll see how it goes. He's just a candidate at this stage with the Blackhawks, and maybe that will be a very easy organization to work for. Rocky Works does not seem like um, the funnest guy that I've ever seen around the league. Uh, to close it out as we start to wrap things up here, James, I don't know what your plans are for the weekend. I'm going to binge Yellowstone. I finally, yeah, I'm way late to the Yellowstone party, but I finally sat down and watched the first episode of that last night. Did you see that series? Oh, yes. I've not, I knocked it out. Yeah, I knocked it out, Stevie. Uh, when, I, when I sit down to watch series on Netflix, I, the only way to do it, unfortunately, is you got, you got to knock them out all in a row. Or if you leave it too long, you forget what the last episode was. Right. So you got you to do that. I've, I've banged off a couple of shows, Stevie. Uh, there's one called, that before we get to Yellowstone, and I've seen all the episodes of Yellowstone. Right. I killed it. Um, there's one about called the woman in her house looking at the girl across the street in her living room or something like that. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm telling you. No, I watched I'm telling it. You that. I've seen it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I love those series because they're only half hour shows, right? That was a good series. The great thing about Yellowstone without giving anything away. Uh, great, great premise, you know, rich ranching family, biggest ranch in, in the States for sure. Maybe the world. And everyone wants to, you know, kick them out and get a piece of their land. Corp, you know, corporate America wants to come in and, and develop a town with, you know, and, and John Dutton, played by Kevin Costner, the head of the, the Dutton clan. Is Love saying, Kevin no way. Costner. Yeah, I'm protecting my land. And so uh, you, that's a pretty good story. And you think, well, you know, how many shows can you possibly make out of that? Well, the reason they can, Stephen, so good, if you go against them uh, quite often, they'll kill you. Right. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a twist on Bonanza, Stevie, okay? It's got a little more. It's got a little more to offer than Bonanza, okay? And uh, so that, that makes it pretty good. That makes so it pretty good. So it's like good. Bonanza, Go except everybody in the family is a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. you're going to love Beth. Everyone's going to love Beth. Yeah, everyone needs a little Beth in their life for sure. Yeah, uh, she's a, a great series. She's an angry, ornery hornet's nest. I mean, she's beautiful and everything, and she's uh, smart as a whip, but uh, I've only seen one episode, and I'm already like, wow, is she a piece of work? Is she uh, a... Yeah, and eye candy for both men and women. Lots of right. eye candy, right? The, right, the, right. You know, these guys are in pretty good shape, Stevie. The guys were cow hands working around there, yeah. But it's a good anyway, series. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, they're coming, about with their, uh, they're coming out with their uh, season five. Um, and I'll tell I'm, you, Stevie, what's come full circle, okay? So you, uh, you know, you're, you're a... You're a pop culture guy, right? And I remember watching Thursday night was must-see TV. I think on NBC was must-see yep. TV. And you had Seinfeld and, and uh, I think Cheers, uh, Hill Street Blue, a bunch of other. But, you know, there was, there was sort of a couple hours or two, three hours of TV. That was The big three big I remember was Cosby Show, Family Ties, then Cheers. And then they'd have something at 930, like, a, like Wings or Night Court or something like right. that. Right. So, and they were once a week. So then, then along come the streaming services. Well, no, no, you can watch these all day long. Okay. You can watch them all day long, much as you want. It's all up there. Okay. You don't have to wait till Thursday night. Okay. Now, Stevie, it's come back to the once a week thing. 
Yellowstone, for example, finished their three seasons or four seasons, whatever it is. And then, Stevie, they started releasing a show once a week, right? Which is it's the first time I've seen this. So now we're back to that. Right. Like I see a bunch of stuff. Everyone tuning in Sunday night, they're dropping another episode of Yellowstone, right? We're back to, we're back to square one here again, Stevie. Agreed. Um, we shall take our leave. We'll have to what, hold what off. What about the scariest events in the Olympics? That's going to happen on Monday's show. The Olympics will still be here. They're on for the next uh, 16 days. So we have lots of time to get to that, and uh, we'll call it quits right there. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. Have you any final thoughts, James? I I do. I'm going to give you my my pick, Steve, for the scariest, okay? I just can't help it. When I watch the Olympics, my heart is in my throat all the time with this thing, is uh, that that, that 10K cross-country event. Oh, yeah. Fucking Steve, that is right. I mean, you're just a, right yeah. on the edge of your seat, you know. It's I mean, it's also flat and everything, but it's like, oh wow, my god, what if there's a rock yeah, or something? Uh, freaking lethal, man! It is lethal. Yeah. You know? The other yeah. one, Steve, I would be a, biath- a biathlete. Okay, a biathlon is cross country skiing and then shooting targets, right? From different, I think one's from the prone, one from your nail, one lying down. Miriam and, Bedard. Uh, yeah, I would. I would. You know, I would. You know what I would do, Steve? And I, I, no one's thought of this, and I bet it's a loophole in the rules. So when I, when I come flying in, Steve, to the, uh, to the target field, right, where you've got your stall, right, there, there's all these predetermined stalls where you, you rip up there, Steve, at 100 miles an hour, you pull the rifle off your back, okay, load it up. All you do, Stevie, is you turn and shoot the guy beside you. Oh, nice. Right on both sides, just, you can't kill them, but just one in the thigh and the other one, you know, a little in the shoulder. You have moved up two places in the standings, Stevie. Automatic, my friend. So let's let's change the name of Biathlon to Wing the Leader, huh? How about Which, that? Yeah, there you go. Wing the Leader, Stevie. There we go. Now it becomes scary, Steve. Now we have something. Stevie, you, you can say, oh, I'm, you know what? I was aiming for the bullseye. This has always been the toughest part of this event for me. I've never, I train and train and train and train. I've just never, ever been able to do it very well. Yeah, well, you, you missed the you missed the bullseye by 340 degrees. Well, I know you get docked points for that, but at least you're not lying in the snow bleeding and screaming. So you're still in the race. Yeah, you're still there. Sorry about that. You know, it happened, Steve. You know, All like, right, let's get out of here. I didn't Enjoy mean your... to trip the guy in hockey, Steve. It's a, it might be a penalty, but, you know. Enjoy your uh, weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today or support us on Patreon at stevewproject.com.